abilities to get out of it. He wants you to prosper. He wants you to grow financially. And you might say, well, that's strange. Well, it's not strange when you look at that verse. Now, he says, I want you to prosper even as thy soul prospereth. Now, a lot of people, they prosper, but their soul don't prosper, see. Their soul just stays shrunk. See, their soul doesn't grow. They're the same last year uh, as they were last year and the year before that. Their soul just doesn't grow. But brother, their bank account has grown. Their material possessions have grown and developed. But their soul hasn't. See, that's God's measurement right there. Ever how your soul prospereth, how it grows, then you can prosper. But if you start prospering and your soul doesn't prosper, the soul doesn't grow, the soul doesn't become more useful to the Lord Jesus Christ, then you have a problem. There's a great problem there. So we want to discuss all of these things here as we go along uh, in this lesson uh, this morning. I, I tell you, I am really thankful for our brethren who have prospered. And their soul has prospered along with it. Uh, we got a, many of them in the church that has done that. And their soul is so wonderful for us to behold. And the uh, kingdom of God has been strengthened uh, uh, because uh, of them. Now, how do you determine somebody's wealth? I don't know anything about your bank accounts here. I don't know how much money you make. I really don't care if your soul has prospered. So how do you determine a man's wealth? Well, there was a dumb man one time when asked directions to a certain place answered in hand signs. And they finally figured out that he would only give them directions to the place where they were going for money. So they gave him some money. And then he immediately began speaking to them and giving them directions to the place where they wanted uh, to go. And they said, why didn't you speak before? Why, well, he said, it's only money that talks. See, that's the way some people are today, too. They think the only thing that talks today is money. See, God doesn't want you to have that kind of attitude. He wants your soul to grow and prosper and he wants you to prosper too as long as your soul grows uh, uh, beyond that now in mark the 10th chapter verse 22 you remember this rich young ruler he was uh, uh, came to jesus and asked him good master what must i do to inherit eternal life and jesus said 
you know the commandments. And he quoted a few of those commandments. And, and, and he said, all these have I observed from my youth up. But then Jesus gave him a startling blow. He said, one thing thou lackest, go thy way and sell whatsoever thou hast and give to the poor and thou shalt have treasures in heaven. See, now, you know why Jesus told him that? Because his soul hadn't prospered like he had prospered. See, he let his money, his riches, his gold, and his silver, and all of that grow, but his soul was still little bitty. See, was very small. And Jesus saw the problem right off. You got to get rid of that. It's in your way of going to heaven. It's in your way of letting those things, uh, of doing those things that will bring you treasures in heaven. And so uh, he uh, didn't like that. You know what he did? Well, his wealth was more important to him than eternal life. So he turned his back on Jesus and walked away. I heard about a man in one of the southern states. He had some property, and they were drilling for an oil well on it. And they found oil. They hit oil. And it was Sunday morning when they did it. And somebody came into the assembly and told him, they've struck oil on your place. The man got up and walked out and didn't come back to church until that oil well went dry. What do you think about somebody that has that kind of attitude? Well, this is something we might need uh, uh, to consider. But wealth was more important to this man than eternal life. You know, in 1957, one year before, one year before uh, Joanne and I moved to California, the uh, uh, state was was voting for what would be California's motto. See, what's it going to be? Well, it boiled down to two things. In God we trust or Eureka. You know which one won? By a vote of 20 to 7? Eureka, I have found it talking about the gold rush days and the riches that California had. Eureka, I have found it. Well, now, I don't know whether California's been blessed or not. It's still a very wealthy state and all of that. But brother, wickedness has grown with it, hasn't it? People 
they have not prospered so far as their soul is concerned. But we got that motto just blotted out in, in, in God we trust. Now, I'll tell you right now, Terry, I've got to figure out which side this, this operates on here. I don't know what I've done. So at any rate, Eureka is now on the state seal instead of in God we trust. And you know they're trying to get rid of that statement on our coins, on our money, and every place else they can all across this great and wonderful land that we have. They don't want to trust in God. The nation's soul has not prospered, has it? We have got to trust in God. And we want to have that as our motto for our life, whether the state of California or the United States or anybody else does or not. We want to have it as the motto for our life. In God we trust. Now, so, how does God determine wealth? The prosperity of one's soul is our Father's standard. And let's read that verse again. Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health even as thy soul has prospered. Now, in Matthew 10, verse 28, Jesus was talking to some people that were very interested in material things. Wealth among them. But he told them, he said, And fear not them which kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul. But rather fear him which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Brother, that is who we had better fear. That is the one that America needs to fear today more than any other thing in this life. See, We need to fear him which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. That's real. So, let's be careful about that. In Matthew 16 and 26, he kind of brings it all down to the truth that we need. For what is a man profited if he should gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? What about that brother that got up and walked out of the assembly when he heard he had Vast riches coming in. What about someone that'll forsake God in order to work at a job where they really have a good income? They're not fearing God, are they? Listen, 
He says, you fear the one that is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. And remember this, your soul is worth more than all of the riches of the world. That precious soul that you have, what a valuable thing it is. What a great thing it is. So, this teaches us the value of the soul. And that's the reason God chose it as the standard of prosperity measurement. Think about it. What people will sacrifice so far as spiritual things are concerned in order to get a higher paying job or in order to accumulate some wealth here. Think about it. Listen. Your precious soul is worth more than all of the material things here in this life and when you, if you lose it, you have lost it all. Now, everyone likes the first two parts of this prayer ver verse that John was writing to uh, uh, this brother in Christ. They, they really like to pray for prosperity. They really like to pray for good health. But they don't like God's measurement when he said, even as thy soul has prospered. Because their soul is not prospering. It's not growing. I hope every one of us gets stronger and stronger every year. That we develop. You've got good leaders here. You've got people who strive uh, uh, to teach the congregation in all that it's supposed to do. And you as an individual. And you know what? If you're not growing, they'll help you. They'll study with you. They'll work with you. See, what a wonderful thing that is. But make sure your soul is growing that it's developing, and all of those things that go along with it, because it is the standard for measuring health as well. Oh, we know what sickness will do, don't we? How it has invaded so many congregations, including this one, in recent days. Now, he wants our health to prosper, too. Sometimes people say, well, God brought all of these things on. Now, I know he can, but I don't think he has. I think the devil's still in business, just like it was in the days of Job, when the devil caused all of the financial losses that Job experienced. And then took his health away where he had boils from the top of his head to the bottom of his feet. And his children were all killed in a storm. Not that God brought, but what the devil brought. 
Now, I want to tell you, the devil is still in business today, and you better watch out for him. And so when a, something happens, we don't blame God. Let's blame the devil. Let's learn for our, uh, 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 let's teach our children to hate the devil. And we'll be blessed because the devil is still sp sponsoring a lot of meanness, a lot of heartache and disappointments. You know, if we pray for our health, then we generally do exercises and things like that. But when people are doing that, do they really believe this is God's standard for our wealth and for our health? Let me ask you a question. I want you to look at this right here. Suppose this prayer was answered for you. Let's, uh, we want to pray for prosperity. We want to pray for health. And those, uh, we, uh, we pray to receive blessings as our souls prosper. So suppose this prayer was answered for you. Would you be on welfare immediately? Because your soul hasn't grown. You know, people today, oh, God doesn't make any difference. One man told me one time that, uh, that religion was for women and children. See, But he didn't do well in this life. I want to tell you, religion was given to us by God to bring us back to him. That's what it means. Re again, leo, which means to tie. To tie us back together with God. That's what religion is for, to bring us back to God and tie us together with him in a fellowship that blesses our prosperity and our health and, uh, uh, and uh, our soul. So let's talk, about, let's talk about these things. You know, financial trouble is inconvenient and it's embarrassing too. Do you consider soul trouble like this? Like financial trouble is inconvenient and embarrassing? Oh, I've got soul trouble. Do we say that it's so embarrassing? I've got to do something about it. Well, some people don't. Now, I don't care whether you have a huge bank account and material possessions or whether you are in poverty. I know what that is. And I can remember when I went to school, I didn't ask my dad for a $20 bill. I didn't ask him for a $10 bill. I asked him for a penny. And sometimes he didn't even have that. Daddy, would you give me a penny? Son, 
I don't have it. I know what poverty is. I was raised in it. And, and so I think if people would consider soul trouble like they do health trouble and financial trouble, they'd pay more attention to their soul. Soul prosperity is the name of the game. So can you think of anything worse than bad health? It's a terrible thing. These last two or three years of my life, I've had that health problem pretty bad. But soul trouble, soul trouble. You know, when I was going through all of that sickness, I tried to study the Word of God. I tried, I tried to grow. I tried to develop some more lessons and things uh, like that. I tried to pray more and I tried to read the Bible more. That's what we got to do. When we have trouble, when we have difficulties in life, let's get closer to God. Sometimes even in death, uh, people... They don't try to get closer to God. Listen, he's the one that can help us. I remember when our parents died, my parents died, that uh, it was on Wednesday night. And we went to church. And people would ask us, what are you doing at church? Your father died. How come you're at church? Brother, that's when you need to be close to God. See, That's when you need to get closer to Him and grow in all of this because He's got strength. He's got power and helps us in time of need. So soul trouble, I think, is worse uh, to my mind and I think to God's but is it to your mind? Soul sickness, is it worse in your mind than, say, bad health or financial difficulties and things like that? So, spiritual sickness and infirmities, it's a terrible thing. See? Don't talk about some things now. Some people might think I'm meddling. But you see, some people have religious hydrophobia, fear of water. I can stand up here and teach, and these brethren can stand up here and teach. The plan of salvation is you've got to believe, you've got to repent, and you've got to confess Jesus to be the Son of God and then be baptized. Oh, some people say, there you go about baptism again. Like a rabid skunk. They've got religious hydrophobia, fear of water. I don't know why else they're doing that. Because Jesus, he has plainly given us uh, 
some instructions along this, along this line, but I consider this the number one spiritual disease uh, today. You know, in Mark 16 and 16, he said, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. Well, now, Jesus was very interested in water. Very interested in it. And so, he wanted people to be baptized, immersed in water. In Acts 8.21, you remember that uh, we have uh, Simon, Simeon, Simon there that uh, had been converted in Samaria and uh, he was a powerful man among those people back there. He was a sorcerer. But boy, when he saw what Philip the evangelist could do and heard that preaching, he was baptized. Then he saw the apostles who came down from Jerusalem lay hands on these people and give them the Holy Spirit. And so he asked for that. He wanted to buy it. And, and Peter told him, Thou hast neither part nor lot in this matter, for thy heart is not right in the sight of God. See, he had heart trouble, didn't he? He had to straighten that out. Heart trouble, difficulties, and things like that. Oh, ye Corinthians, Paul said, Our mouth is open unto you, our heart is enlarged. In other words, the apostles was just, had a big heart, and he loved all of these brothers and sisters in Christ. But they didn't love him. <clears throat> he said, ye are straightened in your own bowels. Now for a recompense in the same, I speak as unto my children, be ye also enlarged. Now, you see, he wanted them to grow. He wanted their emotions to be powerful in the service of the kingdom. He wanted them to receive him and the other apostles. But the heart, that's where our emotions are. In John, 1 John 3, verse 17, he says, But whoso hath this world's good, and seeth his brother have need, and shutteth up his bowels of compassion from him, how dwelleth the love of God in him. See. So let's be enlarged. Let's grow and let's develop and make sure our soul is really uh, 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 prospering. Now, some people have spiritual fever, like in 1 Corinthians 10 and 6, where he said about those Israelites where that whole generation died out there on the wilderness gen uh, journey. He said, now these things were our examples to the intent we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. Oh, so many people, they got, they got that kind of fever right there, that lust fever. They want to do things to satisfy the flesh like the Israelites did. But, you know, he wanted, he wanted that to really not be the characteristics of Christians. In 1 Timothy 6 and 9, he says, 
But they that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare, and into many foolish and hurtful lusts, which drown men in destruction and perdition. In Titus 2, verses 11 and 12, For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared unto all men, listen, teaching us. What's teaching us? The grace of God. Teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly and righteously and godly in this present world. Let's help our soul to grow with the great things that God has given to us. And then this last, uh, rottenness of the bone. You know, we had a neighbor one time that uh, had diabetes and his bones and his feet begin to rot. See, they begin to rot. Sometimes we'd look out there and he would have fallen in his front yard because a bone just broke in his foot while he was walking toward the house. Well, you know, Solomon said in Proverbs 14 and 30, a sound heart is the life of the flesh, but envy the rottenness of the bone. See, envy. Have you got that disease? Have you got that uh, uh, spiritual sickness? It's a terrible one to have. When you find yourself envying the lifestyle of the world, watch out. People, sometimes they want to follow the world in dress. Uh, they want to follow the world in places where they go and develop. Now, then some people, they are bloated or puffed up, as the scripture uh, calls that. Charity is not puffed up. Let me give you this example here. You've probably heard it before. I've given it before. Good illustration. But a frog and two ducks lived in a pond that dried up. And they were pretty fond of each other. So the three of them were talking about it and decided that the two ducks would hold a stick in their mouths between them and the frog would clasp his mouth around that stick and they would fly him to the next pond where there was some water there. Well, those that saw them do this thought it pretty clever. And uh, a duck flying through the air kind of passed them by and said, that is really clever, who thought of it? And from up in the air, the frog said, I did. You see the connection? He was so puffed up but what happened to him when he opened his mouth and said, ah, see, your mouth flies open then. And then, kersplat. That's what happened to him. Let's not be puffed up. Let's not think of ourselves above that which we ought to or of others above that which we, we ought to. Let's not have this spiritual disease. And I'll tell you one more thing. 
I don't have any of you sisters in mind here because I don't know what your habits are. But this woman sat in front of a mirror for an hour looking at her beautiful face. Well, she thought, you know, I think this is wrong. I'll probably be doing this. So, you, so uh, she can uh, confess to the preacher the sin of pride for sitting in front of a mirror and looking at her beautiful face. And the preacher said, that is not the sin of pride that you have. That's a sin of imagination. See, now, we have to watch out. Let's not be puffed up. Bodily exercise profiteth little, but godliness is profitable to all things. So make sure your soul profits more than your health and your wealth. Let's make sure of that. Here's a artist's conception of Jesus coming forth out of the tomb. You see how he has his hands? Can't you just hear him say, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. That's his message to you this morning if you're not in the right relationship with God. He's still saying, Come unto me. Don't wait any longer. Don't let your life linger away from God like that. Obey the gospel. Believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and be baptized into his body after repenting and confessing him to be the Son of God. We thank you for listening to our podcast put on by the Church of Christ at 2215 Plans Road in Bakersfield. If you would like any additional information or you would like to receive a free Bible correspondence course by mail, please email us at info at churchofchristbakersfield.com. Our service times are Sundays at 10.30 a.m. and 5 p.m. and Wednesdays at 7.30 p.m. Please make plans to join us. We would love for you to be our honored guest.